Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Our esteemed guest on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know him as a Odyssey NFL insider on his latest football morning in America. He talks about the Browns in Brazil. Peter King, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, how's everything? Where everything's going as reasonably well as it possibly can in Cleveland in February. How about yourself? Uh, well, look, I'm very familiar with Cleveland in February as a as an Ohio University grad, so... Been there many a time in the dead of winter and had many a good time, so I'm sure it's good. Oh, it's always good. Now, I, I you, you seem pretty confident in your FMIA about the Browns, Eagles in Brazil. Dare I, uh, dare I to get you to say you'll lock it in that you think this is going no. to happen? <laughs> no, because the decision hasn't been made yet. I, I'll just I'll, I'll run you through my thought process, and then you can. Uh, you can understand why I think the way I think. Okay, so Philadelphia has nine home games next year. All right, and so one of them has to be exported to Brazil on the Friday night of the first weekend of the season. And so now you start playing the elimination game. And the NFL, even though it has played five division games out of however many, I think 45 games, something like that uh, over the years. They've played five division games as international games. They don't like to do that. They would rather have the division games uh, be on American soil without giving one team a big advantage over another. So, So anyway, let's assume, even though it's not rock solid, that it isn't Dallas, it isn't Washington, it isn't the New York Giants. That brings us down to six games. All right? Here are the six foes. Carolina. Carolina has a game in Germany this fall. They are not going to give Carolina a second international game. They're out. We're down to five. Pittsburgh, the cross-state rival of the Eagles, plays in Philadelphia only once every eight years. I sincerely sincerely doubt that the NFL is going to move uh, the only game in Pittsburgh or in Philadelphia against the rival Steelers to Brazil so that you got to wait another eight years for such a matchup to ever happen in Philadelphia. Then Jacksonville. So Jacksonville already plays in England every year. It's quite unlikely they would ask Jacksonville to play in England, 
and then uh, also play in Brazil. All right, so that leaves three teams left. That leaves Cleveland, Atlanta, and Green Bay. Now, this is just me. I doubt the NFL is going to put a totally rebuilding team, the Atlanta Falcons, in a huge marquee game on the first weekend of the year. It's not like the NFL to do that because Atlanta is probably more likely to be 7-10 and 10 than, than they are to be 12-5. and five. So I could be wrong about that. What if they get Kirk Cousins? The NFL could think, okay, let's put Atlanta down there. But as of now, I don't think it'll be Atlanta. Now for Green Bay. Okay, now understand that the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to have a choice necessarily about who their foe is in Brazil. But I can tell you this. They do not want to lose a home game against the Green Bay Packers in Philadelphia this year. Green Bay, even though they're going to sell out all their games in Philadelphia, Green Bay at Philadelphia is a, uh, is a great game and one of the marquee games that the Eagles would have all year. So the, the Eagles would tell the NFL, hey, please don't move our Green Bay game to Brazil. So now we're down to one team, Cleveland Browns. Won 11 games last year. There's no reason to think they're not going to be a very strong contender, particularly because theoretically they won't be starting five different quarterbacks this year. And so in my opinion, they are going to be, and they're going to be a very, very competitive team. They're going to be excellent on defense. And I think it would be a competitive four-quarter game. And I think the NFL is going to say at the end of the day, all things considered, Cleveland's the best candidate to play uh, the Eagles in a huge marquee game, the first game ever played in South America uh, by NFL teams. Uh, in the history of the league. Peter, I want to tap into your uh, Ohio roots here. Uh, A lot of conversation about the future of the Browns and where they're going to play starting in the 2029 season. Either they'll uh, redo the current stadium or uh, build the dome possibly uh, close to Cleveland. How sacrilegious would it be if the Browns built a dome? Well, look, I understand the difference between a dome and – and, you know, a roof that can open up on a beautiful day. But I feel the same way about a weatherless Cleveland team as I do about a weatherless Chicago team. I think it's a bad decision. It's a bad move. And I understand how much more money a retractable roof costs than uh, than just doming the stadium. I get it. I understand it. Uh, I have no idea how deep Jimmy Haslam and D. Haslam's pockets are, but I would hope sincerely that weather football games uh, stay in Cleveland for the rest of our lives. Peter King of NBC Sports and Odyssey NFL Insider on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. 
Um, so I, in, in your latest FMIA, you, you'd kind of dig deep into the roots of Mahomes landing in Kansas City and how uh, how vastly in pursuit uh, New Orleans was, and they could have had that Mahomes versus Marshawn Lattimore debate in that if, if both guys had been on the board at, at pick 11. So I'm just curious, what of all the different wrinkles you went through, including you had one on the Browns as well, thinking about trading up, what do you think the biggest what if is regarding Pat Mahomes in the 2017 NFL draft? Well, I think the greatest thing that ever happened to the Kansas City Chiefs is that the Buffalo Bills changed coaches and Sean McDermott was, uh, they, they were, I don't know, a month or so away from replacing the current general manager, Doug Whaley, with Brandon Bean. But at that moment, Doug Whaley was trying to show uh, the ownership and the head coach, hey, listen, I can wheel and deal, and I can get us two ones and a three for this pick because the Bills at the time did not want any of those quarterbacks. And look, it worked out fine for them because the next year they got Josh Allen. But the luckiest thing that happened to Kansas City uh, is that Buffalo was 10 because if for some reason they were not able to move up to 10, I can tell you both Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis told me last week that they would have taken Mahomes at 11, passed on Lattimore. And look, it's it would have been a kind of a controversial decision because if you look at Drew Brees' record, and his seasons after that draft, he had four more good seasons. Two of them were intergalactic. So it wasn't like getting drafted in a place where you knew that, hey, you like Alex Smith, but you knew that it was just he was kind of keeping the seat warm for the next guy. And so Kansas City got extremely lucky because the team at number 10 uh, you know, basically did not want to make the pick and was willing to trade. I have always thought to this day, and nothing has changed my opinion, that, uh, that Cleveland had Cleveland wanted to because they entered that draft holding 1-12. Uh, and look, nobody can criticize the Miles Garrett pick. Yes, it, he's turned out to be a great player for them one of the best defensive players in football. So nobody can can knock that pick. However, I think it easily would have been possible for the Browns to trade up from 12 to whatever it would have taken if they wanted either Mahomes or, let's say, Deshaun Watson. But it's clear, history has shown, that they obviously didn't want either quarterback because, look, they traded away the pick when they were – staring at being able to get to Sean Watson. And obviously, look, the, as you guys know, the Browns' history of acquiring quarterbacks is probably the most star-crossed history in the NFL of any franchise. Because when you think about it, in 16, they take Cody Kessler in the third round. In 17, they pass on Patrick Mahomes, and they take the Sean Kaiser in the second round. And then the following year, they probably overdrafted uh, Baker Mayfield, as it turns out. 
so, you know, and then they have to pay a ridiculous ransom uh, to get to Sean Watson. So, you know, they, they haven't had the best timing or made the best decisions when it's come to drafting quarterbacks. Uh, along the lines of uh, the great Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think it's fair to say the Chiefs weren't at their best during the regular season yet. Here they are, Super Bowl champions for the third time in five years. Who do you think can catch them in 2024, and where do the Browns fit in that whole picture? Well, I think you have to, if you, I think the Browns defensively belong on the same field with Kansas City without any question. The question is, will the real Deshaun Watson please stand up? He's now 40% of the way through his five-year contract, and you would think at the end of two years, you would have a very good feeling, pro or con, on what you have in Deshaun Watson. I don't know anybody could think that you have a great feel for Deshaun Watson. You know, he had some very good moments last year uh, as time went on, but then obviously he got hurt. So you just, you really don't know uh, what he is right now. But, hey, if he comes back and plays as he once did play, the Browns easily could go deep into the playoffs and could challenge Kansas City. But that's the biggest, that's the biggest question I would have. I think, you know, at the risk of, of sounding, you know, like a, like a broken record, I think San Francisco is going to come back very strong next year. I think that they have the quarterback who's making under a million dollars and they're going to be able to do things with their salary cap that most teams are unable to do this coming off season. I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, sign Joey Bosa and pair him with his brother um, as bookend pass rushers for them. Uh, Joey Bosa has had real big injury problems, so we'll see what happens. But I still think we're so close to the season that to me, I still think that, Probably San Francisco and Detroit in the NFC are the biggest challengers. And look, you know, Lamar Jackson has got to play well in the playoffs. He has not done so. And, you know, that's one of those things. He's got to show people that he can be a primetime player in January and February. That's something he just hasn't done so far. Peter, publicly, the Browns have been uh, very confident and just across the board (laughs) – that Deshaun's going to be fine coming off this shoulder injury, uh, even though there's it, it just we don't see that glenoid injury in in NFL quarterbacks. I'm curious if if whether you've gotten any sense if privately they they have that same level of confidence that not not that it's not a nothing burger, but that that Deshaun's not going to be hindered by the shoulder next year. You know, I don't know, and I have zero inside information about what they really think about his shoulder. But in today's world, I would be very surprised if his shoulder cannot be repaired to be back to normal. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, w- I just don't see that. Now, I think the only, the only thing I would say <clears throat> about Watson and, and look, you know, at some point, You've got to wonder about this player's confidence. I mean, 
because he's not nearly as accurate in his 12 games that he's played as he was in Houston, and he's not nearly as productive. So, you know, like I said before, you've got to see it, and obviously um, he's going to have to be healthy to show everybody that. Um, and, and again, I'm sure that that the injury is going to be rehabbed well enough so that when they get to training camp, he's going to be able to show everybody what he's got. Peter, um, you know, Andrew Barry and uh, Kevin Stefanski were four years into this thing. Stefanski's won coach of the year now twice uh, in those four years, taking the Browns to the playoffs, uh, same amount of time. Uh, it seemed to have really stabilized this organization, which was uh, basically a turnstile of constant change. Where yeah. where do you think the Browns, with Barry and Stefanski at the helm, rank in the league's hierarchy of uh, not just respect, but uh, legitimate uh, title contenders? Well, I think they're in the top 10 to be sure uh, because they've built a good defense. They're able to keep Jim Schwartz on board. And the one thing that really impresses me about Stefanski is, you know, he is very, very good at being cool and not letting things that might bother slash upset a football team upset him at all. Now, I'm not inside that locker room. I'm not inside the coach's office. Maybe he, um, you know, throws some coffee mugs and and curses people out. I don't know. I'm not there. We're not there. But I doubt it. And he's the kind of guy who basically says, hey, listen, I'm going to give you every chance in the world. And you are going to have every opportunity to prove you belong. uh, And it's all going to be on you. I think he's done a very good job with that. And I think Andrew Barry has done a good job building the depth uh, on this roster. And, you know, to me, I mean, obviously there are questions. Every team has questions. You know, the running backs, I I think, you know, that's a question. Uh, You know, clearly they probably need uh, one more receiver this year, you know, in the draft. Um, And and look, everybody has needs at this time of year. But I think they have settled into a good groove. And, but, you know, again – We saw what happened. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, since they got rid of Tyreek Hill, since they traded Tyreek Hill, are 32-9, including 7-0 in the playoffs. And they have not had a 1,000-yard wide receiver. They have not had a 1,000-yard rusher. Do you know why they won the last two Super Bowls? Because they have a quarterback who takes his team by the scruff of the scruff of the neck and he and he drags it along with him and he's not going to be denied now it's easy to say now we've just seen him do it and who knows what happens next year but you need your quarterback to have that impact on your team to have that effect on your team and and again I don't mean to be negative about the Sean Watson all I mean to say is I have no idea if he's 
still that guy or if he's going to be that guy ever again. Peter, great stuff as always, man. Really appreciate you. Really uh, appreciate your your perspective on FMIA with the Browns, both with Mahomes stuff, which I thought was uh, a fun read, and the Browns in Brazil. Really great stuff, sir. Sounds great, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you so much. Peter King there, Odyssey NFL insider on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. There's a lot that Peter said that I wholeheartedly agree with, and I want to point that out so I can say that is the craziest friggin' thing I've ever heard. This I this this love this love fest for crappy weather games is the silliest nonsense that I've ever heard. The people who say that don't live in Cleveland. The people who say that don't have to go to the friggin' park when it's, you know, three degrees and then you factor in the wind chill and it's minus ten and you've got to use hand warmers to keep vital parts of your uh, anatomy from getting frostbitten. Like I just this whole thing, and I can prove it to you. Go to Cleveland Brown Stadium in December and show me the upper deck in the stadium and show me <laughs> show me the mass of people because I'll be honest with you. You can deal with it if you're in the suite. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You can deal with three degrees temperature if you're in the lower bowl or if you're in that middle section. You're not dealing with it if you're in the upper part of it. And that's before we get into just the overall impact on Cleveland and Cleveland football if, if And the Browns, if you're able to move this to a spot where you can have a retractable roof and you can start to really invite all these different elements into the town. I think, I don't, I, who gives a damn if it's Cleveland or Chicago? Nobody wants to go back to the Ice Bowl. Once a year, once a year in Buffalo, they play football in an absolute snowstorm. Everybody goes, ha, ah, isn't this cool? And by the fourth quarter, you're ready for clear skies and, and 72 degrees. You know why? Because it's unwatchable. I do not understand this just lusting for god-awful football brought on by elements that in the year 2024 we've never been able to control more. I got bad news for Peter. It's not going to have a retractable roof on it. It's going to be a dome. If they build new, it's going to have a roof that doesn't move. That That's just the, the way it is. Because uh, I have $750 million to one billion plus reasons why the roof will not move if they build a new dome. I just, I don't, like, do you, did, who really enjoys it? Well, go back to the, um, the, the Christmas game, the Christmas Eve game against the New Orleans Saints, where it was, the wind chill was like 20 degrees below zero. Mm-hmm. David Njoku being the fun, crazy, lovable guy that he is, and I, and I'm not being sarcastic, He's just a fun, crazy, lovable guy mm-hmm. doing the no shirt thing. Like, I just because that's what David Njoku does. I, I mean, no, 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 and, and yeah, I, I just I can't imagine that that's a fun environment for fans that, especially the ones that are, you know, paying the the larger dollars, if you will, for see. I mean. The, the one game in Buffalo, they didn't even clear the seats off. They just shoveled the aisleways, like. Imagine spending $250 for a lower bowl seat, right? You get there after traveling through the three feet of snow that fell. You get to your seat. 
well, you can't get to your seat because you have to dig your way to find it. And then once you're there, then you have to unbury it. Like, come on. What? I, well, I just. And here's the, here's the thing. It's not even just about the quality of football, which, again, I'm sorry. There's no majesty. And I like, listen, I get that in 1980, it was really cool when Brian Sype was thrown into a hellacious win. The game of football's changed since 1980. It's changed since 1995. There's a reason they play all the Super Bowls either in a dome or south of the Mason-Dixon yes. line if it's open air. Well, and here's the thing. Like, we've had Albert on, and Albert thinks if you get a retractable roof or a dome, he says that's probably going to buy you one Super Bowl. Which, and to me, one you know Super Bowl would be worth it. What's it's going to buy another draft. Well, and I think another draft would be cool, but to me... It's just useless. It's like, listen, I'm not going to get into the economist point of view on this because quite frankly, those people, like I just, it has no interest to me. Like, well, you know, it doesn't really bring tangible benefits. Oh God, shut up. God, you smart, you smart people. I don't care. All right. Nikki want good football. Nikki want comfortable seating. Okay. Me want nice things. All right. That's, I'm a, I'm a, this is where you will get me to my absolute most based instinct of a man. Nicer stadium, me likey. It's that friggin' simple. All right, but when we With go the beyond roof that, and heat, by we the go way. beyond that. <laughs> I think it's absolutely stupid that you would build a a hundred a, a one point two billion dollar one point five billion dollar stadium. Try two. At, okay, but we're talking about with the dome and all that. But the point is. Spending any of that money and then being like, yeah, it'd be really cool if we use it sixteen times a year. That's a great. That's a great use of my money. Your, I'm talking about the Haslam's in that case. Like, listen, I'm not all that crazy about public funding for a stadium. And again, me liking new things, me liking new stadiums. So it's clear that I'm willing to to talk turkey here. Well, but the it, point is, use the right public streams like the gambling revenue or the marijuana revenue or something like that. Let the potheads pay for yes. it. We've been saying it for a while. Well, the the, the smokers and uh, beer drinkers have been paying for gateways since forever. And but but the greater point here is that. As, as, cra- as crazy as some of that might seem, it's even crazier that you'd be like, well, let's not have a roof on it so we can only use it like 12 times a year. Okay. All right. What are we doing here? And like, do we- at least, at least, at least you might be able to use it a hundred times a year if you do it with uh, with a dome on it or the retractable roof, because then you could actually get good concerts back. Remember, guys, remember when Guns N' Roses would come to town? Remember when like Taylor Swift might come to town? A dome might make that possible. All right, I'm sorry. That matters as much to me as a as a music lover as it does. Well, we're gonna use it 12 times for football. Well, and that's why the Browns will absolutely 100% be on the road in Week Two because there's a concert here, February 13th. That's a Friday night. There's no way that place is gonna be ready for a football game by Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, or Monday night. But they were in a dome. They could. Uh, let's go CLE. Uh, sending to Atnick Wilson says, social media reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I love weather games, and yes, I've been to them. Are we so soft? We can't handle yes. one or two weather games the entire year, so we have to have a dome all year. It's not just about the weather. But, guys, brute, like 12-degree weather does not make good football. And I'm sorry, like anymore, it's it's not just about what we experience in the stadium itself. It's about watching it on TV and cold weather football games like in Chicago, like in Green Bay. Oh, it's got such history to it. I don't think that's true. 
I mean, maybe in Green Bay where they might be clinically insane and the only thing they have is Packer football. But from a televised product standpoint, every, every, and I mean this, I'm going to say this again, every NFL team should have either a retractable roof or a dome on it. Same thing with baseball. You play from, uh, you play from the end of March to the beginning of November. What the hell are we doing without any sort of roof on any of these stadiums in baseball? But getting back to the football thing, like, yeah, it's about people being soft. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's about hypothermia being a real thing and people not liking hypothermia. It's okay. Like, and by the way, if it just he's asking, are we really that soft? I would I would ask you to go back to this last December in that Saints game and tabulate exactly exactly how many people were in the upper deck, and then we'll talk about whether we're soft or not. Because I'm just going to say the the facts back up that, yeah, maybe we are that soft. It was friends and family day at the stadium. I don't think the older fans, even now as they get older, I don't think the weather still matters as much. But I think to the younger fans, I see a lot of people go tailgate and then they go to a bar instead of going to the game because it's a little bit cheaper and you don't have to deal with the inclement weather for 12 hours on a day. I have a simpler way of thinking about this. We got some calls I want to get to as well. But one of the other things we talked about with Peter was the Browns in Brazil. And he would not lock it in, but he says the math kind of shakes out to being, you know, the Browns having one of the three best chances of playing in Brazil on Friday night in the first week of the season. Now, in in fairness, I don't love um, anything that disrupts my football schedule. So I do like my 1 p.m. kickoff. I am an old man in that regard. I love my football. Football feels different if it's not on a Sunday to me. Uh, that includes Monday, by the way, which in, or Thursday, which are great primetime games. There's only one thing that I'm not entirely in love with, though, because I do think it's cool if you were the first team, one of the first two teams to play in Brazil. And I think the Friday thing gives it a showcase. It's another you know primetime kind of flavor to it. So I love all that. Only thing I don't love is how it, it it would be shaping up that the first two weeks away, or first two weeks of the NFL season would be spent away from Cleveland, and I know that they can balance that out throughout the course of the season. But I personally don't love having to wait that long to to three weeks into the season to have your home opener. There, That's just a personal preference. Yeah, I know. There's been plenty of seasons though where we've seen it almost split down the middle, right? In the first eight games or whatever, the Browns will play five home games. And then on the, the back end, they'd have to make it up by being road warriors. We actually saw that this past season. They didn't play a lot of home games uh, down the stretch. So, yeah, not so great news. It takes until week three before they would be able to open their season at home, again, assuming that they go to Brazil to play the Eagles. But on uh, the back end of it, well, it, well for, for all the folks uh, on the phones right now that are quite happy sitting in uh, sub-zero degree temperatures in December – well, you might get a few of those uh, this coming football season. So get to get back to that real quick, I think the simplest way that I've been thinking about this is people right now who enjoy, you know, those uh, three-degree football games in December, I don't think going to a dome is suddenly going to turn them off from football. Whereas when you have the dome, I think there's a fair amount of people who will not come downtown to a game to buy tickets because of the weather that all of a sudden will. I, I think that's as, as simple as it gets. I don't think you're going to drive off many fans if you build a dome 
And I think you're gonna I think you're gonna gain more than you lose. So Whereas, what you're saying is you could build a dome with more seats than they currently have. Well, no, I mean because people forget when they did that renovation in 2014, 2015, they took about four to five thousand seats out of that stadium. It went from a seventy one thousand seat stadium. Now it's sixty seven and change. So I think that's part of it. But I just think you're going all of a sudden in December if your team's an eleven win team and making a push towards the playoffs, people will be there. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the the kind of stuff that we worried about this year with uh, with that upper deck kind of issue there. Meaty pork chop on Twitter sending to at Nick Wilson says at right or wrong fan. Uh, he said, I'm 38 and sat in the last row upper deck for the Bears game. Build the dome. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go here with Mike. Welcome to the show, Mike. How's it going, guys? Good, buddy. What you got for us? So I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder in the upper deck. I'm 45 years old, and I absolutely love cold weather football. Now, here's the problem. Here's one thing. I, you keep going back to the Saints game last year. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, there was nobody there. Why? One, they were out of the playoffs. Two, it was Christmas Eve. If it was five below on Thursday night against the Jets this year, the place would have been packed and been just as loud as it was this year. What about what was the was it was it the Jets game uh, four days after Christmas? What was the one where you could visibly see the up? No, because that was no, because that, was, thir- that was Thursday night football. Now I got to look back. The, at the, the schedule I think it was the Bear game. Oh yeah, the Bears game. I will say the Bears when game. When the commissioner did. was in town yeah. talking with the governor so real quick. and the Haslams. What are you doing with that? And the Haslams. Um, Mike, what do you find your wallets? Uh what do you love about winter football specifically? it's just the way football should be played. It's outdoors. It's an outdoor sport. You didn't learn to play football inside. When I was doing two days when I was in Pee Wee football it was hundred degrees. Would I love to be outside in the cold playing it? Sure, but it should be played outside, period. It's not an indoor game. This isn't basketball. Um, I want to watch an indoor sport? You go watch basketball. It's so, an outdoor sport. Well, you know it's the same game, right? Yeah, but it's the not the same. The rules don't change. It's not the same. There's no win factor. Your kicker can just kick no matter what. You, you, The guy's throwing the ball, you can throw the ball the same way every time. If there's no win, there's no weather, you don't have to adjust to that stuff. It's an outdoor Yeah, but football's game. hard enough for the Browns as it is. Do we really need the weather making it worse? That's okay. Sorry. It, it, equal playing field. All right, Mike, we appreciate <laughs> you, buddy. Thank you very much. You uh, knew I was going there. Let's go with David, who I think is disappointed with us. David, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Gentlemen, how are you? Doing very, very well. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Good. Thank you for taking my call, and I'm going to bust that guy's bubble. Here's the deal. I started season t- – I got season tickets way back in 74 when I graduated, me and some of my buddies nice. at the old stadium. And I'm here to tell you, gentlemen, Red Right 88, you were numb. Your body was frozen. We thought the Browns were going to pull it off, obviously, but like through an interception. It was so cold, you couldn't feel your body, period. And I sat through years of all that. I had season tickets until 2014 when they drafted Johnny Meathead. I just said, I've had enough. I don't want to sit outside and freeze my cans off in this weather. You know what I mean? It's, it's nuts. So my point is, uh, I traveled a lot uh, years ago, and I was at the Superdome a couple times just for business trips, seminars. They mm-hmm. use that thing every day. And the guy said, we use it because, you know, they've got all those gigantic 
uh, rooms for uh, you name it, parties, get-togethers, meetings, blah, blah, blah. It gets used every day. And I'm all for a, a, a dome. Sit and freeze in your can. First of all, look how long the uh, the season is. You know, way back it was, what, 12 games, then 14, then 16, now 17. So, Soon to be 18. Yeah. It's too damn cold. It's too – and I sat at the at Chicago, the uh, Soldier Field for years. I had buddies – have buddies in Chicago. We'd go, it is god-awful freezing. I said, guys, this isn't fun anymore. But I'm all for a dome. Um, I don't know. It's a, And you know what? The weather has no effect on the game. So, you know, I don't know. God bless Phil Dawson. That man could kick anywhere. And he's still got his cans. David, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, man. Have a great one. You too, buddy. David, we appreciate your call there. Uh, Hate it when the cans freeze. I thought, given what the description was, I thought he was going to destroy us. And then he agreed with us. I felt bad. (laughs) We're going to take more dissenting voices here. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.